I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, let's once again give a warm welcome to Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare. What's going on, Wiley, brother? Well, it's another long slog in the series of repugnant losses that is this Cowboys season. Last week was awful, this week will be awful, and we're here to be honest about it. So let's jump right into it, and we don't really need to beat a dead horse and make this longer than it needs to be, but to me, this is just one of the most obvious matchups you're going to see in the NFL this year. Yes, because this Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in town. Oh, boy. Now, this game is really going to have me sweating profusely. It's really going to stress the hell out of me. Well, to me, this is one of those games where you can just throw out all of your old narratives. Oh, like the Steel Curtain and all these great Super Bowls. Like, here's what's going to happen. This Pittsburgh Steelers, who after Ben Roethlisberger recovered from his elbow injury last year, looks phenomenal. Looks like he did when he was 32. And the Steelers really look like one of the best teams in the AFC, even better than Baltimore. Last season, where they performed poorly, the Rudolph at the helm, that was an aberration. And Big Ben has recovered fully from that arm injury. So this is a team that is not only good offensively, James Conner is really filled in for Lev Bell, but if you just look at it overall, the defense is also very strong. And virtually the Cowboys just go into this game dead on arrival. You know, first thing about Pittsburgh is they are 7-0. and And as far as the Cowboys go, there is no chance in hell. I am going to quote the evil Mr. McMahon character. If you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly what I'm doing. There is no chance in hell that Dallas wins. As, at least so far, all we know as far as Dallas is concerned is Ben DiNucci will not be starting this Sunday. There's been reports all week up until this moment that Cooper Rush, who was recently brought back to the team, is competing, oh, for the love of God. Who is competing with a guy that, since you and I are both, uh, we grew up as Longhorn fans, a guy that we're very familiar with, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett oh, Gilbert no. versus Cooper Rush, the winner, I mean, whoever, you know, I assume we're going to find out who starts. I'm assuming it's going to be on Saturday, but it could be Sunday before the game. So what's the deal with Andy Dalton? That's what people really want to know. Is there any chance he comes back within the next couple of weeks? Probably not. Because this is just going to be unwatchably bad. <laughs> well, you can see It's going to be again. horrible. Like, they might get another game where they don't score a touchdown. They might set a freaking record for consecutive quarters without a touchdown. This is going to be bad. Like Zeke Elliott might not even be startable in fantasy leagues for you people who draft him first or second. Like This team is awful. Awful. Like the the worst this Cowboy team does, I guess the the I guess you could argue the better it is because of draft picks, but they're certainly not a threat for the playoffs. But it's just very depressing because this team isn't a threat. This team is fraudulent. 
It is totally depressing, and as far as Andy Dalton goes, well, I have the answer to your question. He has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Mm, great. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out, but I guess we can say at least two weeks, maybe, because it's whatever. But yes, it is totally fucking depressing, Wiley. And you know what? If I was playing fantasy football this season, and if Ezekiel Elliott was on my team... I would probably have to bench him because, God damn it, I have no freaking choice. I mean, we have not seen anything positive from Mr. Ezekiel Elliott this season. I'm very disappointed in him. Pittsburgh's defense allows, allows an average of 97 yards per game, okay? And our r- rushing offense is horrible because we have a horrible offensive line. Y- you know... Two back, not scoring a t- touchdown back-to-back weeks. That was the first time in history. You know what? It could happen again this Sunday. I mean, I don't know if I can see Dallas scoring a touchdown against against this brutal Pittsburgh defense. I mean, let's take a look at Pittsburgh's defense, shall we? Look at that. Average, uh, they're passing, average a, a little over 300 uh, total offensive yards per game. Okay? And their turnover differential is plus 5. While Dallas is negative 11, which is the worst in the league. And let me take it up a notch, Wiley. Pittsburgh's defense has 30 sacks, and that is number one in the league. Well, it's going to be a real firing squad this week, folks. There's really no two ways about it. Even if the Cowboys had Dak, they were still going to lose badly. So, to me, this is really going to be one of those games where... You know, unless you're a hardcore fan, maybe this is one that you don't watch. Maybe you watch another another game or an old baseball game or something because there's really not even going to be anything of value to be derived from this game, and it's just going to be pure butchery. You know, as far as Gary Gilbert goes, if he is named the starter, coming into this game, it's going to bring back a bit of a haunting memory that he had about a little over 10 years ago. When the Texas Longhorns went into the national championship game against Alabama, Cole McCoy got hurt, and then in comes in Garrett Gilbert as a freshman, as a true freshman, playing against a brutal Alabama defense. And even though he managed to get Texas to a comeback, when Texas fell short, he got brutalized. I mean, Alabama's defense was all over the guy. So this is a bit different scenario, but here he is coming in, you know, against a brutal defense. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, it's sad because, you know what? I'm not going to judge Gary Gilbert. I'm not going to say right off the top of my head, oh, he's going to have a horrible game. I mean, I don't know what was going to happen. I mean, I know Dallas is not going to win. But despite how depressing the season has been so far, I still say let's see what Gary Gilbert can do. Let's not judge him too quick. But as far as Ben DiNucci goes, I'm not going to say he's horrible. I just think that, <laughs> I just think that he's not ready. He like He's not ready, but at the same time, you know, Dallas had no choice. Like There was no other option. They had to They had to use him. Benzinucci will never be ready. Benzinucci will never even be an average quarterback in the league. Okay, why do you ben- say that? Why? Benzinucci is a seventh-round pick that's a third-string guy that was asked to do too much, and he did, like, an okay job for what was expected of him. But okay, in ter- as far as in a terms seventh round of- pick, Tom Brady was a seventh-round pick, and he, too, at one point was a third-string uh, third string guy. He was Drew Bledsoe's backup at one point, dude. I mean, what, is, well, I a, thought, what does a seventh-round draft pick have to do with it? I thought Brady was a sixth-round pick. No, and I'm he pretty was, sure he was seventh. And he was Bledsoe's backup. That's why when Bledsoe got lit up on the sideline, he came in. Not third-string. 
the point is, is when Brady came in, he actually looked good. He had intangibles. He had pocket awareness. He had arm accuracy. Ben DiNucci doesn't have any of those things. And I mean, the people who think that he's the sole reason that the Cowboys look so bad are morons. Any quarterback would have looked bad with that line, but no, like Ben DiNucci's not the answer. That's why they're going with two guys who really no one has had on the radar even a little bit in recent memory. So it's really no surprise. It is. And by the way, yeah, you're right. He was a sixth-round pick. Uh, it was, he was the 199th pick, so... But anyway, but but, but 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 you know what? Honestly, at the same time, Ben DiNucci is no Tom Brady, so... You're the one that brought it up. Well, you know, I just, you know... I got Okay, because, you know, we how many times have we seen seventh-round draft picks actually succeed in the NFL? A lot of times they do, but you know what? I'm not going to say Ben DiNucci is not one of those guys. I mean, I'm not going to say he's never going to be ready, but... I'm well, Ben saying, DiNucci ever passed for 3,000 yards? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's all. I'm just going to tell the truth. I don't, you don't know. Yeah, you don't have a crystal ball. Of course you don't know. It's a sports talk show. You're being asked to make a prediction. Will Ben DiNucci ever have a season in his career where he gets over 3,000 yards? Guess. Yes or no. If he's with Dallas, then no. But if he goes away, then probably. Then probably. Okay, the answer is definitely no. He'll never be anything in the NFL. But he's not the reason the Cowboys are terrible like idiot fans think. It's all about the line, folks. That's why not even Zeke Elliott can be effective. If the Cowboys had their 2016 line and they had Andy Dalton or a guy that was like Fitzpatrick level or a little below average, they could win this awful division with, you know, eight wins, maybe even seven wins, but... It's truly sickening to see even the great Zeke Elliott, the recently paid butterfinger-laden Zeke Elliott, suddenly not even be able to make any penetration. And that's the real reason this team is an abomination. Ben DiNucci isn't as bad as people say, but he's never going to be average in the NFL. But I don't think they expected him to be. It was like a flyer, third string, like them as a person type pick. You know... I need to know, Wiley, if you feel the same way, but nowadays, you know, how disappointing Zeke is, it makes me sick to my stomach. I don't know if it's because of the fact that, that he, he held down, we paid him, he hasn't done anything since, or maybe it's the fact that he's in over his head and we're supposed to not think that. Maybe he's like, oh, he's just having a bad day, he's just having a bad year. I don't want to hear well, he's having a bad year. No, he got paid. There is no excuse. Yeah. Well, most importantly, I think what needs to be pointed out is that similar to Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott was actually able to benefit from a healthy line at the beginning of the year. It wasn't until week seven or so that the line became completely decrepit and injury-ridden. So Zeke was able to run behind a solid line, you know, the line that they expected to have in the preseason. And guess what? He was still awful. He didn't have the 100-plus yard pop-off game where he grinds the opponent down we expect from Zeke. So you can't really say for either Dak or Zeke, oh, well, it's the line. No, the line being bad is a recent thing. Let's do the injury. Remember, this Cowboys line had Tyron Smith and Zach Martin, two God-tier Pro Bowl-level talents, anchoring it, as well as uh, other talented guys around them, even Travis though they Frederick. weren't... Yeah. Well, Fre- Frederick had the fibromyalgia bit, but in the past, you had your Fredericks and your other guys, but... Lyle Collins... 
dope free. Yeah. But the the, po- the point that I'm making is this: is like the Cowboys line on paper was still good in the preseason, even though Frederick had fibromyalgia, unfortunately. So you can't sit here and say like, well, that Prescott put up all these empty passing yards, and of course they would never say empty, but they were. That Prescott put up all these passing yards, and the line is bad. Well, no, the line is not bad. The line was injured. So... Honestly, that's what you really that's what you have to remember. No, it's just that not to beat a dead horse, but whenever you watch the Cowboys, that's gonna be like the crux of the issue. Every offensive drive, like no matter who they have in the backfield, the quarterback's gonna be under severe duress. They're not gonna be able to get any running back pressure. It's gonna be miserable to watch because after they go three and out, they're gonna give it to the worst defense in Cowboy history over and over. I hear you. Uh, and as far as Zeke goes, I mean, yeah, there's the bad offensive line, but I've seen I've seen a few fumbles this year where Zeke breaks free and then he gets tackled late and then he fumbles the ball. And that scenario, Wiley, that's not on the offensive line. It's like you said, it's called the Butterfingers, right? Well, you're dead on with that. Zeke has had a lot of fumble issues recently, and I don't want to speculate on his effort level specifically, but these are sloppy lazy fumbles where these are not the fumbles where if you make them and you have the threat of losing your job that that occur. So what I mean by that is a guy like Tony Pollard or like a James Conner or uh, another running back who doesn't have a massive contract. These are the guys who if they cough the ball up one or two times a game, the coach could very well say like, well, screw you, dude, we're putting the back up. Boston Scott or whatever so for me like whenever I see Zeke cough the ball up twice in the span of four drives I think like this guy knows he has job security like Zeke's he knows that check is going to clear no matter what he knows the Cowboys have like basically like a sunken cost fallacy into him where they're not going to the Cowboys literally can't be like well screw Zeke like it doesn't matter how bad Zeke plays the Cowboys are not going to like cut him out of their freaking game plan. Because remember the game where Zeke made all those awful fumbles and basically like hamstring any chance they had of winning? The Cowboys, like they've only really benched him to save his ego, and then they would still put him in in situations to boost him. So overall, it's just pretty disgusting. It is. And, you know, now I want to talk a little bit about the defense. You know, usually we have this, we have this scenario where we say keys to winning. Well... Even though I don't see, like I said, there's no chance in hell, but, you know, I'm still going to, you know, find, like, if it's, it's the same thing. You know what? I'm just going to come up straight. If Dallas can run the ball effectively, you know, if the offensive line can do something, then at least we can do, we can, the least we can have is a spark on offense, which would maybe help a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it's going to help you and me. I mean, we're still going to be sick to our stomach no matter how the outcome, because I still see us getting our ass kicked. But the problem is, you know, I don't think Garrett Gilbert has actually played a game in the NFL, at least not in the regular season. I mean, in preseason, sure, but not in the regular. So, I mean, that's like I said, like, since I've never seen him play, I'm not going to say, you know, he sucks, this and that. But, well, I just, if, if, if a passing game got something, then that'll help even more. But overall, I'm sorry, there's there's really no chance in hell Dallas wins. And if you want to you hear my score, Wiley, my predicted score? Yeah. 35-6. to six. Pittsburgh wins 35-6. Yeah, that's about what I feel. I mean, Dallas' defense might get a couple of sacks, 
They'll, they'll probably be lucky to get one turn. I mean, okay, they'll get lucky to have one turnover. It'll be a damn miracle if they get two, but Dallas' defense might... Okay, maybe the first quarter they'll probably do okay. They'll make stops. But if the offense is not doing anything, that defense is going to be gassed out, and they're not going to be able to do it. They'll be so overwhelmed, they they won't be able to save Dallas' life, even if their life depends on it. I'm going 10-42, to 42, Pittsburgh. Okay, so let me ask you, who do you have scoring the who do you, who do you have scoring the touchdown? I think the Cowboys will get a, like a somewhat short field, and they'll make like a few decent plays, and they'll have a Zeke Elliott touchdown. Okay. Well, since that's pretty much all there is to uh, say, well, Wiley, thank you so much for joining me for our Cowboys and Steelers preview. I'd like to remind you folks that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Wiley, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Easy.